Strictly for my ill ones. Strictly for my ill ones. Welcome to Paris. Uh, welcome to Paris. Time to get live a business. So live. Hands up. Ready for the live business. It's time to bring the noise. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Clue the motherfucking Don for another episode of Country Fan Mail Podcast. And as you see, we are here with the boy Seven Star. What's going on with you, G? Yeah, hey, yo, how you doing? I'm good, man. Life is good. Life is good, man. I also want to appreciate you coming on to the show, man. As I was saying to you before, man, uh, you're my first uh, international guest. So I definitely appreciate you coming on to the podcast, man, taking it to another level. Hey, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. So thanks for having me. Oh, for sure, man, for sure. And and, and definitely appreciate having, you know, saying that the equipment, the audio, being able to hear both sides really clearly, that that, that speaks, it's, it's perfect, man. It's, it, it speaks volumes yeah. for, for the audio. <laughs> That's how yeah, we man. do it, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, let's go ahead and hop right into it, man. So the first question that I usually ask all my guests was, uh, what's the first song that you listened to when you woke up this morning? The first song I listened to when I woke up this morning uh, was was one of my actually one of my tracks. Um, I I hadn't listened to my own album for a while, so I put on that first track called "The Why." That's okay. the first track on the whole album, and I was listening to it because, you know, I just wanted to take some distance from my from my project, you know, to have a clear uh, a clear opinion on it. Yeah. So uh, that's the first thing that I did. I, I just popped the first track and I listened to through my my whole album throughout the whole thing to see if it, if it, if it was still relevant to me, if I if I was still liking it, you know. Okay. So uh, that's that's the first thing I listened to today this morning when I woke up. Got you, got you. Okay, and and can you actually go deeper into that track? Because that's that's the intro of of your album, uh, Diff Diff. And honestly, I, I speak about it. Intros are really big to me because I feel like they really set the tone for the album. And honestly. The intro it really did lead into the album just being buckets hell, man. So yeah, can you can you go into detail about what the why was? Um, the why I always wanted to start my album in a different way, you know. And um, when when I was exchanging like texts with uh with Playa, uh, as one of the producers on my album, mm. I was talking to him and he was sending me a bunch of beats, and I heard that song that he had already released actually, and I just thought it was interesting because. It was a a beat without an uh, without an actual drum. So he had the version with the with the drums that was on his uh, Infinity album. Yeah. But then he sent me the version of that beat without the drums, and I just thought that it was it sounded so different, and it sounded so cool. And I was like, you know what? That would be a great track for an intro, because it kind of like it, it it allows me to set the tone for the whole project, but to also, from a lyrical perspective, be able to just let people dive into my my personal life a little bit you know mm-hmm. my personal world and really let me let them know what i'm about you know For sure. and um when when i heard the beat i was like yo i'm sold so i need this this is going to be the intro to my album and i just thought that it was going to sound different and uh i just started writing to it and i just really wanted to have an honest um dialogue with 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 whoever's listening to me so they could get to uh to know a little bit more about me you know so that's I think that it's always important to know why we do certain things. The purpose that we have in life is probably the most important thing mm-hmm. um, in order for us to move forward. So that's why the, the, the track is called The Why. Okay. I, I appreciate that. And 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 when you said the, the people that are listening, like, 
who did you think that your target audience was going to be? Because I know I know that too on the on the side of it, you definitely you know you, you knew the croppers are going to be feeling. And then on the side of it, you know, you actually spinning, you know, saying so you're a real lyricist. You're not just a, you know, you know, crump rapper or whatever you would call it. So, like, what was uh, what was your target audience with this uh, with this project? I uh, my thing with Diff Diff is I, I always wanted to make crump music that would appeal to everybody. You feel me? Like, even mm. though even if I'm not a crumper, I could just still listen, to, listen to the track while I'm driving to work or while I'm working out you know, for the everyday person to just listen to, to, to what I'm saying. And at the same time, make them curious about what Crump is about, what Crump culture is about, you know? Yeah. So I kind of didn't want to, as much as I, 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 I've been super inspired by um, Spartan uh, tight eyes who are like my favorite mm -hmm. Crump rappers. I, I also realized that if I do go back to rapping, there's no way that I could do it like them, that there's no way that I could, talk about the same things that i could use the same content uh have the same approach so um i really wanted to make something that was accessible to everybody because it's also a representation of my community here in montreal and quebec where we have people from so many different backgrounds that come to our classes we could have a lot mm -hmm. of youth you know i teach a lot of classes um you know to the youths and all of that so i just wanted that 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 album to be something that they could listen to yeah. um and keep it positive you feel me so i i really wanted to bring crump to like a mainstream type of uh place i, I um, feel it because i i know that crump is very underground still but i i <laughs> believe that crump be belongs everywhere you know crump yeah. can be on broadway crump can be on a uh, movie in movies um you know and on was, television and or whatever is, yeah. and, and and it's like yo if i drop a video i want i want it to be as good as a j cole or a kendrick lamar video because i believe that that's how rich crump is you feel me For sure so that was my whole approach when i when i created the, the the project and we're gonna definitely get into the visuals and how just how dynamic you definitely made it because that was that was really the thing that really you know attracted me so much to the project was just really how dynamic you made it with within the actual the music the lyrics and also adding the visuals in there. That's a big thing, especially within the crunk world. But before we get into that, you uh, you talked about, you know, where you're from, Montreal, Quebec. Um, and so crump scene out there, like starting out, I don't know, I think from my understanding, it was around like, well, four or five, y'all started the Berserk Squad. Y'all yes, started getting sir. stuff popping out there. Like, so how, how was that back then? Like, how were y'all, who, who were y'all looking at back then? Like, you know, what, what coast was really popping? Outside of the West, of course, you know, Mecca. Oh, man, it was... It was whatever we could find on YouTube. <laughs> that's that's what was <laughs> popping for us. You know, yeah. it, it was so hard because Crump is still very unknown here in 2022. But imagine back in 05, you know, how crazy it was Can for imagine. us to even do this style. And, you know, even culturally speaking, um, you know, having a bunch of, you know, youngins that are just dancing at a park or in a, you know, parking lots and everything, it created a lot of insecurities in our neighborhoods, you know, um, mm. you know, there's many times we got pulled over, we got stopped by the cops or whatever, just because we were dancing outside. But um, we, we kept going because we knew that Crump, like, again, I think it's, I believed in Crump beyond the dance. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. There's that spiritual aspect. There's that that social aspect also where you see how therapeutic that could be and um, how it could help us out and everything we're doing. So all we were doing is mimicking whatever we were seeing online. But obviously the West Coast was our biggest influence. Mm -hmm. And then when the mob 
moved to the east, that's where we got a lot of that influence also when um yeah. when Lil Lil Tight at the moment who was Rapture mm-hmm. and Hitman moved to the East Coast and they, they had their own little swagger, you feel me, compared to yeah, what yeah. was going on. They had their own style going on. So I think that that influenced us a lot because we saw that it was possible to take Crump in different ways, you know, and bring it in different directions. And then we started paying attention to everything that was going on overseas, mm-hmm. you know, especially in Paris and Germany, because yep, yep, that's yep. where the, the, the illest and the European buck sessions to really, you know, yep. set the standards in terms of events, you know, and um, it gave us something to look up to, you know, once we approached the 09 and 2010, mm-hmm. 2011, but back in 05, it was all about finding whatever we could that was crump related in order yeah. for us to understand more about the culture. For sure. Yeah, because that, that was definitely a crazy era in crump. I remember, like you said, you talked about the mob moving out east. I know that's when uh, like ESK was popping mm-hmm. uh, down the south. You know, you had Sector 7. You had all these different things that were going on. And it was like, yeah, it was kind of like what you could kind of get hold on to. And and it's crazy because um, you know me being um, you know a, a stateside crumper, you know how you see it. We didn't. I feel like a lot of us didn't start paying attention to overseas until it was almost too late. Like mm-hmm. when you started actually paying attention to what was going on across the border or, or even across the seas, it was like, yo, these cats are on another level. You know, saying so that's when you start hearing about you know Canada. Because I think I think the first uh, crumper from Canada that actually uh, that I heard about was Taminator. Mm-hmm. I think she. I think she was the first one that um, that I heard about. And um, is, is she from the same from the, um, from from Montreal as well? Yes, we're same city. We started together at the same around the same time, uh, with the same big homie. You know, so gotcha. yeah, me and her, me and her have the same uh, kind of the same you know path in in terms of Crump. That's what's up. That's what's up. And and when it came to when it came to Crump and um and I guess even moving over into Crump music is there or music just in general is there like a particular path that you would uh that you would want to follow more like do you want to you know you want to stick to dance more or are you trying to move more into music how's that looking i mean definitely I, I think the pandemic made me realize that i needed to reinvent myself and uh go back to the old uh to the old you know old stuff that i used to do before i started dancing because before dance obviously i was rapping you know um I, 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 this is something I was doing since the age of 14, you know, and um, okay. obviously the pandemic made me go back to writing. Um, I did a little podcast called the street dance talk for like six months because I wanted to test out my ability to, you know, just be out there and hold conversations with people and maybe have a podcast in the future. For sure. So it was like, it was just me diving back into the stuff that I liked and, and, um, I definitely have a lot more pleasure right now making music. Um, okay. I think it's because it's it's something that's new and refreshing. Not saying that I'm not going to dance as much, but mm-hmm. definitely right now that's what's keeping me, you know, involved and active within the community, within the culture. Yeah. Uh, and obviously right now we're still in lockdowns and there's still a lot of crazy stuff happening here in Quebec. Exactly. So, so it's hard for us to get together and gather. But I, I figured that if if I don't contribute through the dance, then I'll just do it through um, the music. But I think that my 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 key word is experience because I feel like Crump has grown in so many aspects. You know, music wise, now you have Crump rappers, you have Crump dancers, you have Crumpers that organize events. You know, and I'm just thinking to myself, well, if I keep pushing this in these directions, then eventually I'll be able to 
to offer people an experience that goes beyond just the dance. You feel me? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm currently working on a project called The Concert. And um, if things open back up, like Lord willing, I'd love to do like a, a crump concert with uh, with a lot of musicians, you know, like a, an orchestral type of thing, you know. Um, that sounds amazing. And and have only crumpers that are hired to dance and all of that. So it's like all of these things that I have in mind is like, okay, crump, we know the dance, but now we could go so much farther. Take it to it. another level. Yeah. And and speaking of taking it to another level, can you uh, go into detail about? Um, I saw um, or I saw a clip of your piece. I think it's called a. Uh, please forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Anima Darkroom. Anima Darkroom. Yes. Anima Darkroom. Yes. Yes. So man, I saw just a, like I said, just a piece of it, and it was. I mean, it's hella powerful, and like I'm trying to figure out how I can find it. I was like, somebody must have bootlegged it and put it on YouTube, <laughs> but I couldn't find it nowhere, man. But can, yeah, can you like can you can you explain them? to the people like uh what what was the uh the motivation behind that piece yes so back in 2018 i was approached by uh lucy may who's a contemporary dancer but also now a crumper she's really involved in the in the whole community and all of that but she comes from a contemporary background and she started taking my crump classes in 2016 uh in montreal every week and all of that and um it's like w when she approached me she said, hey, man, like, I, I really I'm really thinking about maybe working on a project, you know, trying to find some 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 grants and stuff like that. So we can start working on a project. I don't really know exactly where I want to go with it, but I'd be interested in working with you. I think we could come up with something pretty interesting. So uh, I decided to say yes. Uh, I was I was happy about it because. It was my first time working with somebody who actually had a true interest in you know, the crump culture. There's yeah. a lot of contemporary dancers that approached me, but they didn't have that real, that real, the, the will of really understanding like, oh, what is crump about? And I'm, or not just take a crumper and add them to a piece or whatever, but really trying to work with them and create something authentic, you know? Gotcha. So, so when Lucy approached me and, and told me like, hey, I want to work with you. I was like, all right, uh, let's do it. And we started working together without really knowing where we were going to go. Mm -hmm. And we ended up creating a, a one hour solo piece. So I'm performing for a full hour on stage. And this is the the, the, the piece that we made was called That's Adam crazy. a dark room. So it's a, it's a process that was pretty long before we presented the first, um, the first premiere, it premiered in, at the Théâtre La Chapelle in 2019. Mm -hmm. um that was during the gutter zone festival and uh, that's the first time that we presented it and ever since i've been able to perform it several times and even like go on a little tour uh with it so Man. you know hopefully if things open up we'll be able to uh you know uh continue to push it you know for sure and how how was that like as far as like uh doing such a dynamic piece and almost being like the uh i mean essentially you're a representative you know saying as far as the crunk world goes you're a representative showing I'm, I'm assuming different crowds or different living, you know, groups of people, what this can look like. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's a blessing. You feel me? Because it goes back to me saying like how Crump belongs everywhere. And I was mm -hmm. kind of my main motivation for doing this. It's like, all right, I know that I'm mature enough now to go into this type of work. I've been in the game for like, at the time I was 13 years uh, deep in the game, you know, so I was like, I'm ready to take it to places where I'll be able to perform my craft 
represent without bastardizing what Crump is. Yeah. And without watering it down, because that was always my fear. You know, when it comes to taking Crump out of its context and bringing it to other places, sometimes we're not mature enough to do that, and we don't do the style justice. Exactly. Yeah. So now I felt I felt confident, and I felt like Lucy was coming from a from a from an honest and genuine place. So I was ready to tackle that, and uh, I think the, the people really received it well, and it, it allowed me to reach out to people that didn't know nothing about Crump. Not a single thing, like because sometimes sure. I would perform somewhere, and after the performance, the day after or the day before, they would ask me to do a workshop. You feel me? So the people that weren't that wouldn't normally have any interaction with Crump mm-hmm. now were introduced to it. So it was I was able to reach a broader audience. You know, that's so awesome. this is why um, this is why I, I was happy and uh, uh, hopefully, like I said, the, the project is still ongoing. Right yeah. now we're on po- we're on break because of everything that's going on, but it's still something that we're going to continue to perform in the future. Okay. Okay. And, and if, and if I'm doing my math right, you say you were 13 years in at the time. So what you're like, what, 16 years in now? Yes. Uh, so, uh, so what, I mean, so, I mean, you, you've done a lot of stuff, man. I mean, you've, uh, you've been guests on, on, you know, guest hosts on the EBS, uh, at the Illis, uh, fitted talks. Um, I mean, just, a lot of events around the world. What was your most memorable? And um, I'll say, well, probably what was your most memorable moment at an event that you can think about? Man, I have to say Crumpire, man. And Crumpire, yeah. I was not a guest there. I, I, I went there and, and I did my thing. But Crumpire was crazy. It was like a life-changing experience for me. Uh, just when, when, was this, when was this? Uh, that was 2018 in Russia. Got you, got you. Okay. Or 2017 okay. or 18. I forgot that the year, but um, it, it was it was just crazy to 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 see so many crumpers in the same place at the same time, and and the level of 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 dance and the the level of 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 commitment and also the the fellowship you know and meeting mm-hmm. people from all over the world that don't necessarily speak the same language but you know crump was our language you know so we we, we still got along we still found ways to understand each other and yeah. um i got a chance to learn from so many people to push my body to the next level like it's an intensive 10 days of of, of madness out there and um i i really enjoyed that that experience i think it was a great one but um, I think that that's my most memorable moment in terms of me dancing outside of my country. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say, obviously, being in L.A., the Mecca is also something that was life changing for me. Yeah. But there was something about Crumpire that was like it made me realize a lot of things about myself, about my dance, about the overall um, state of Crump, you know, at at, at that time, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it definitely Crumpire um, is, and uh, and I, I plan on going back in 2020, but unfortunately, with everything mm-hmm. that happened, they had to cancel it. You know, for sure, for sure. And you were talking about that push. I know that that kind of reminds me of your song. I think it's called Die or Die. Um, yeah. Talking about get off, get off till you die. And I, and um, one of the lines you were just like, uh, anytime I, anytime I feel like I'm, I'm about to stop, I hear Miho in my ear telling me get off till I, get off till you die. Like, yeah. 
So I mean, I know I'm I'm pretty sure that's something that actually happened. It sounds like something that actually <laughs> really happened. So like with that being said, like, <laughs> it, it, like it is it is something that happened, and 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 I'm trying to make my songs as relevant and as real as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that you can feel throughout the whole album is that even as a listener, if you're not familiar with Crump, you're still wondering like, hey, what is he talking about exactly? Mm-hmm. Like, who's Miho? Who's Solo? Who's Who's that guy? What does that mean? And that's my way of of, of presenting Crump in a way where people get interested in those stories yeah. and what it's about, you know? And uh, I was at the 818 in North Hollywood after um, after going to the first Lowe's Town. Um, the first time that Solo did the Lowe's Town yeah. training, it was with me, my little homie, Twin 7, Lowe's 7, um, and uh, Jay Scopes. And after uh, one of the trainings that we had, we went to North Hollywood and um dread was dancing and miho was next to him and miho was just like so amped up and dread was like kind of like getting off and he was you could tell he was losing a little bit of steam but man miho looked at him and said man get off the you die and the way <laughs> the way my man the way my man said die i felt like yo there was like a demon inside of his stomach that just like oh like where did yo this this, that was that this bull really, for real. yo does he really want him to die or was like what what is this like what's going on here you know we don't say this that type of stuff back home you feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah but then i told myself nah this is this is like this is him elevating him this is him trying to elevate his brother that's losing steam so this is why i, I took the die and i made it an acronym and i told I, and i made it dance into elevation that's what D.I.E. means, because, I like you know, a lot of times we are telling the wildest stuff in Crump. We say some wild stuff when we hype up people, you know, yeah, but it's yeah. like at the end of the day, it's about pushing each other and elevating each other in a positive way. So um, Miho actually said that, but it wasn't to me. He said that to Dread. And then after that, um, I remember even when Concrete was dancing and Concrete was was going through some stuff at the time. And then Tight Eyes looked at him and said, man, get off till you vomit. Make him vomit, Con. Yo, get off till you just vomit. Like- <laughs> hey, hey, Concrete, man, I want you to get off till you vomit on these niggas, man. <laughs> yo, you sound just like him, yo. That's crazy. Yo, was he on the album? Was that you the whole time? Uh-huh. Was he on the album at all? Or was that you the whole time? Tyler? Nah, the only the only feature I have is Rip, Big Rip from from Boston. The the rest is all me. Oh, there was there was a point I can't remember what song it was, but yo, you definitely sounded like I. I think I, I know what you're talking about. Is it that track <laughs> called Violent? Where I I kind of ah, switch my pitch and I go. Yes, you keep body. We could go rounds. Got my own slang. Got my own got sound. My own ring in my yep. middle finger. You vote down. <laughs> That's Lost Town. Lost Town. Lost Town. What up, Texas? Shout out to the bro out. <laughs> I was confused because I was just like, okay, he done gave shout out to to Lost Town. So I was like, you talking about Solo, but then you talking about Al. He could be talking about Me Hill. I don't know what he's talking about. I, it, it's just going everywhere, man. But yeah, you definitely sounded like uh, like, <laughs> like that, that's what that's right, man. That's yeah. crazy. But yeah, man, I, I I really appreciate that that track. And now uh, even deeper into that die track, you know, you had said a few things that um kind of switching lanes or the topic. Um, along with a couple lines in that song with a lot of things that I've been seeing you post, you're very, I'll just say in tune with what's going on. Like you're yeah. not, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna let no shit going to go over your head. 
and you know you you sent out shout outs you know what I'm saying getting off for getting off for the misfortune getting off for the kids that can't getting off for the people you know getting off for the people that they ain't here no more and you know I see a lot of things that you're posting about just the reality of 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 what's going on and how how they're just trying to kind of hide a lot of shit over our eyes mm-hmm. um how let me try to formulate my question right um do you feel a sense of like responsibility to to as as somebody who was out there in the in the communities any type of any type any type of way to to make sure that you put yourself out there to let people know like you know when you feel something is wrong when you feel like there's been an injustice in any type of way yeah definitely and i think uh, i i think it's our responsibility as leaders I mean, you can take that responsibility or not take it. I choose to as much as possible when I feel is necessary to voice my opinion, because I mean, the main reason why we are doing this essentially is because through Crump, we're trying to make a change. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to help people through Crump. My goal as a teacher, for example, with my youth is not to make them all become like tight eyes or like Terminator or like the best in the world, because that's not realistic. Yeah. There's a lot, there's, there's something deeper that we can achieve through our art form, through our dance styles. And that's to make a word, the world a better place and to, 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 to draw people, you know, together and bring people together and do all these great things, you know, but yeah. that also means that because of the influence that we've built throughout the years, we should also be able to, you know, speak our mind and use our position to kind of influence, you know, what's going on or, mm-hmm. you know, call out the, the the BS when the BS is happening. So, it, I mean, I, I I tried to stay quiet, you know, for a minute with all everything that's going on. But then it really started to mess with my with my brain and my heart, you know, gotcha. because when you feel like the authority that is supposed to protect you and the authority that's supposed to serve you starts to overreach and start to have like a dictatorship like type of you know um mm-hmm. of attitude towards its people then you're at a point where it's not about obedience anymore now yeah. you have to do something about it you feel me so this is why this is why like we dance when I look at Crump and when it started, it was it was a, a, a form of rebellion. It was a form of, of, of it was a way to also, also ch- to challenge the system. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So an understanding that the root of that of what we're doing has something to do with, you know, expressing ourselves and expressing our freedom and fighting oppression and all of that. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't make it doesn't make sense for us to be quiet after two years of nonsense you know what i'm saying i feel that and and then again i was very patient and and took the time to analyze everything before you know before i started talking but the the last measures that have been imposed on us by the government are completely completely ridiculous you know and we realize that it's not about public health anymore so therefore we have to start talking we have to do something about it because clearly they don't care about us anymore you know or they never did I think you used a term that was really interesting to me. You said, uh, you said intentionally mishandled. Yes. Intentionally. Can you, can you go deeper into that one? Yeah. Well, the reason why I say was it was uh, intentionally mishandled is because when you look at the whole pandemic, for instance, 
one of the main uh, reasons why the government claims that we need to do all these lockdowns and curfews that are, by the way, not even backed by science, is always blaming it on the health system. They're saying that the health system is overwhelmed and that the reason why we need to do this and that we need to push the vaccines is for the health system. When the reality is that when we look at the history of our health system here in Quebec, even though I know that a lot of Americans are looking at us and they're saying, oh, it's great because Canada has free health care and all of that. But the reality is that there's a lot of hospital beds and a lot of resources in those hospitals that have been that have that have not been. Um, managed well in the past couple of decades. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now we are living the consequences of mismanagement, but because the government cannot take the blame for that, they're going to blame the people and they're going to blame a small percentage of the population that is not vaccinated to say that the reason why this is an ongoing problem is not because of them, it's because of the people who are unvaxxed, who are not respecting the measures, which is completely false. They're trying it's to blame the last years and years and years of misinfrastructure and not taking care of the bill, not, literally not taking care of that on something that has been upon us for the last two years. Exactly. So it's, it's, and it's, it's clear to see, this is so obvious, but the fact that we're sitting here and that we are, we're accepting all of this without saying that. And, and when I say that the rules are nonsensical, I mean, it makes no sense. Like mm -hmm. we, as artists, sometimes we get some of the guidelines for our rehearsals and we're just looking at the guidelines and we're like, how does that, how is that even scientific? How does that even make sense? You know? And you know, at first you just go along with it and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then the more you go into it, the more you realize that it is a cycle that's mm -hmm. being instilled and instilled within the, the psyche of the population, which is conditioning people to a type of cycle that's going to be ongoing and non-stopping because again at the end of the day it's mostly about power and money and i wouldn't even say money because they got the money now right now it's about power and a lot of times in societies that are prosperous we tend to be intellectually lazy and i'm talking about north america so united states and canada we tend to be very lazy when it comes to like the questioning and understanding that we are not exempt from becoming um, a, a, a society that is under authoritarian like rules mm -hmm. or and all of that, these things can happen to us. We're not, we're not covered from that. We're not safe from that stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's why I ask people to ask yourself questions, ask yourselves like real questions that are, that are, that are, that are sound and rational and you're going to understand that everything that's going on right now makes no sense and it needs to stop and it's yeah. the people that need to stop it because right. you know it's going to keep on going and going and going for sure and that's yeah i i, I agree i agree with that i feel that on on <coughs> excuse me i feel that on a lot of different levels and my like i said my biggest thing and, I, and i'll just keep pretty much keep it short like Everybody should just do their own research, look up their own stuff, you know, look up things for themselves. Don't just take everything for face value, regardless of whatever you whatever path you decide to go on, whatever you decide to believe. Just, you know, what I'm saying do your own research. You know, what I'm saying just don't just don't go off of what the next person told you. You know, what I'm saying that that's that's gonna lead you honestly into <laughs> a lot more, you know, issue than anything else, man. Yeah, but definitely, um, definitely. But, 
but with that, you say you've been going on this journey of kind of just understanding everything. Like, how has that been um, on your mental? Like, you know, how, how's your, how would you feel like you're doing as far as mental health goes? All right, man. First of all, man, I just thank God for, for, for being surrounded with, with, with good people. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I come from a, a strong family. I have three older brothers, you know, and um, I was always where well surrounded and, um, I also, you know, give a huge shout out to my crumb community because whenever we did get a chance to gather and and get together, it was like, you know, it was it was it was it was a blessing. And it was something that really allowed us to mentally kind of rejuvenate ourselves and all that. It helped us get through everything, you know. So but it it also there's there's in every in every moments of crisis and adversity there's always good that comes out of it you feel me so as much as i i am like frustrated about some of the things that i'm seeing right now there's also a part of me that's super grateful Mm. you know and super grateful because everything that it has allowed me to do i've 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 taught so many classes in high schools and elementary schools during the pandemic which i never thought i would because They, there was like a lot of those schools had like surplus when it comes to their budgets because of all of the activities that they were that were being canceled. So yeah, they had sense. to redirect. They had to redirect the the budget. You feel me? So it's like now they were inviting a bunch of artists to come and work with the kids and all of that. So I had a chance to expand my network in terms of teaching. Obviously, I went back to doing the music thing, and now I'm opening like a whole new like set of doors for myself. Um, so it's like. For me, it's 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 been uh, all about staying busy, all about staying in prayer and be like, yo, you know what? I have a purpose and I have to focus on my purpose instead of getting carried away by everything that's going on in the world. And I was able to, again, open up so many new doors for myself. So for sure. um, that's how I, I managed everything. Okay, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. And, and you say as far as going, opening up those doors for you in the music world, like, where do you feel that you're gonna get? Um, I guess uh, where do you where do you feel like there's gonna be a, a target audience or a place that you're gonna blow up first? Uh, do you think it's gonna be a stateside thing? Do you think you're gonna have more of a bangs on the on overseas? Because I see that you definitely you know you you cross the markets. I know um, that one. I think the song uh, Paris Buck. Um, I understood all of it up until like there was one little part of it. And y'all just started speaking French, and I was like, I, I gotta ask him what he what they said because I have no idea. What... <laughs> you lost me. Yeah. Well, French is my first language, you know, French and Creole. Like English is my third language, actually. Gotcha. Um, and 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 you know, a lot of people always ask me, oh, why don't you rap in French or whatever? I, I I never did that because it never made sense to me. But also because, you know, I I, I there's a broader market when it comes to like uh, English. But you know, when I did the when Jamsey sent me that beat, it just it just came out like that, you know, how I usually create my, when I create a track, the first thing that I focus on is the chorus, because to me, that's where it's at. You feel me? That's what makes, that's what makes it a banger. And when, when he started, when he sent me the beat, I just started, you know, saying a whole bunch of nonsense and gibberish. And I was like, ici c'est Paris, ici c'est Paris. And I always wanted to make an anthem for Paris because I think that's like one of the buckest like scenes in the world, you know? Yeah. And ici c'est Paris means like right here is Paris. Like this is Paris, you know, this is our home. Okay. Ici c'est Paris. 
so when 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 i when i did the track in my head i was thinking about okay once the pandemic ends i'm gonna fly out there during the illis and i'm gonna shoot a video there so that's why i created the track because i wanted to shoot the video over there in paris yeah right? that was but but i couldn't so, but so i shot some of my shots here in montreal and then Jamsi shot his his part over there and we did we still made the collabo happen but I, it was just a shout out to um the paris movement i have a lot of friends over there uh junior madrip who's originally from out there now lives in um in in montreal we have ballast that lived in montreal for a couple of months big rules now lives in toronto big so rules. i'm very close to him um so it was a, just a little shout out that i wanted to give out to the to the whole paris movement yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, I've, man, I've I've heard so many uh, so many great things about about Paris and even you know even London. Just honestly, I, when I was out there, I used to live in the UK for a little bit, and I, and I, I was keeping in contact with a few people. I can't even I can't remember their names, but they were just like, yeah, man, we're gonna have you come down, and yeah, man, we're gonna teach you the lingo. We go da 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 da. I never got to never got a chance to make it down there, man, but. Yeah, man, the the Paris movie. Every time I see the Illis or the EBS, um, I, it's, it's the EBS that's in Paris, correct? Uh, EBS is in Germany. Dusseldorf. EBS in Germany. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, man. The, any honestly, any of those overseas events, man, they just it looks next level. And 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 honestly, when it comes to who we send over there, I always think yeah. it's interesting. You know, saying the the the, the picks and the and the choices. But you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. But uh, nah, that's 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 where it's at. Like, that's probably the only time I used a little French in 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 the in one of my songs, and and I, it was just a little shout out, man. And I just thought that it was yeah. it was gonna be catchy, also. You feel me? Like, I wanted to do something that was gonna be catchy and that everybody could like. I always that whole album, I, I created it as if I was on a on a big world tour stage, and I had a mm. whole crowd that knows all of my songs and that are just repeating and waiting for that chorus to jump in. You know, I really built those songs as if they were like radio hits or radio singles. You know. That's what's up. Yeah, that's a, and that's and that's a move that honestly I feel like is is inter it's an interesting move to make making crump music. And like I said, that was something else that that turned me, you know, so that kind of turned my ears up when I was listening to the album because there's so many different albums. You know, I listen to a lot of crump music. I'm not I'm not actually active in the crump anymore, but I still listen to crump music. I like hearing the progression in it. And one of the things that, you know, I saw, like I said, along with your visuals, because you have people like, you know, like shout out to Spears, uh, shout out to, you know, the proof of them. They, you know, they got some visuals out there and stuff like that. But your stuff actually looked like it looked, it looked like it looked like an actual video. It looked like, you know, something that I could actually see running on, you know, what I'm saying and mixed in with everything else. You know what I'm saying? It could be yeah. on 106 and part back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, it, so, sure. and, I, and I think that that's something that that's that that's that little piece that i feel like crump has just been missing a little bit and that's kind of what i feel like miss prissy be talking about sometimes it's like just that extra piece that it's like why are you just putting your stuff on soundcloud why are you actually officially putting your stuff on the platforms and owning your rights and, and things like that yeah um the, the, this is the thing like it's a choice that we make we see what's out there and we decide whether we want to compete with what's out there or if we want to go another route and do what we want to do. Mm. I was fortunate enough to be in the music industry here before, you know, getting into Crump. Gotcha. So I already, already had those connects, already had those people that, that I kept close to me and that, that are still aware of what I'm doing. So when I went back to making music, 
you know, I was a little rusty at first, but it's not like I didn't have those connects anymore. You know, my yeah. boy PZ, who I've been knowing for over 20 years, is one of the best video directors in the world. I must say his stuff is crazy. I've been, I've been looking at a lot of his stuff, you know? man. So he's been working with people from India, uh, all over Africa. He worked with Glasses Malone. He worked with Tyga. Um, he worked with a lot of people and he's from out here. He's from Montreal. He did, he lived in LA for a while and all of that. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm very blessed again, you know, thank God for, for, for having these people around me. So I don't take the credit for, for, for everything that I'm doing because it's a, it's a collective effort. However, I do want to tap myself in the back for, you know, uh, for being, um, bold enough to put that project project together and go get all of the different pieces to make something happen even yeah. the fact that i worked with dj shashu uh on the whole project or mm -hmm. he overlooked the whole project he did the mixing and the mastering alongside with my boy mark magnanimous so it was a collective effort um because i really wanted to bring something different to the table but i just if I, I told myself if i'm gonna deal with the people that are, are, are that are the head honchos in the game if i want to go out uh, toe-to-toe -to -toe with like a major recording artist then i need to go get the right people for that i need to yeah. get the people who are working with those artists who are working at that level you know but at the same time i want to give something back to my community so i still got all of the crump beat makers mm. player kid and why uh 20 kills you know, um, all of them, I still got them involved in the whole process because I wanted to bridge their qualities and their talents with where I mm -hmm. want to go in the mainstream world. So I think that that's what makes the album different from anything that's out there. And and had had a DJ Shashu and Mark, had they done anything with Crump before? Was this, was this completely new to them? Um, no, well, Mark was it was his first time really doing like because he was more focused on doing the final master so it was his first time working on a crumb project but Chashu worked on he was making crumb beats like back in 2008 you know um, gotcha. we had a little thing called berserk squad volume one he also did the style bender anthem with big rules um, okay yeah so he he co-produced that with rules so shashu has been very close to the crump uh community for several gotcha. years that's what made it easier again for me to kind of get him involved in the project because he's been involved with so many like on so many major projects um and and but at the same time he understands like crump culture so it made sense to me for me it was like the best of both worlds to have him overlook and oversee the whole project in terms of like mm -hmm. the mixing the mastering and he co-produced some of the stuff you know um i felt like you know sometimes the, the the beat makers would bring something to the table and i was like ah, i need that little something something that that'll, that'll make it like uh and shashu would just add his two cents to it and kind of like bring the track to another level you feel yeah. me so um i think the combination between shashu and player shashu and uh jamsi and also shashu kid and why was amazing like it really brought a different sound and a different approach that's uh, that's awesome yeah to have that many heads on on an album and to have something to have something really good come out of it i feel like you can have a lot of heads in the room and everybody clash or you can have a lot of heads in the room and you know saying be able to everybody be able to you know really maneuver stuff so yeah man, i think the finished product honestly was was really dope man and like what what are we what are we looking forward to uh looking forward to next? Like are we gonna get some more visuals out of that project? Are you already working on the next project? 
Um, I, I have, I'm currently shooting a, a music video for the track Super Live that was produced by Shashu. Um, I, I am currently also working on a new music video with PZ. We're still debating on which single is going to be, but I, I, I have three more uh, music videos coming out for this project. That's dope. Um, right now, I'm currently working on uh, two albums at the same time. <laughs> I'm working on my next album called The Cold War. And um, I'm also working on another album called Seven in the AM, uh, the After Session. And Seven in the AM, the After Session is going to be an experiment of me trying to make crump music, but with the After Session feel. So basically, we're going to take different like risks musically. And the whole concept of the album is what do cats want to listen to once they're done once they're done dancing if they're still if they still feel like listening to crump related content but they don't want it to be this high energy of like uh of of, of heavy bass and, and and buck lyrics is there a way for us to make also crump music that's a little bit more mellow or that's that's geared towards the after session it's like um, crump meets lofi exactly type ish yeah oh man that's crazy yeah. okay i gotta talk to you offline about something man i, I yeah i gotta talk let's to you do it let's but do yeah it. man okay i like that man Damn, the reason why the reason why i wanted to create that is because I, I i remember going back from uh the 818 and i was driving all the way to orange county when i was in la and it was like we were just listening to regular like hip-hop and all that and i still felt buck to a certain extent but i didn't mm -hmm. want to listen to crump music and i'm like oh let me let me try to see that in between if i could create something for that yeah, that that would be smooth, man. That would be that would be really dope. Cause honestly, that that would be even good for those ride homes. Like I feel like I remember, you know, when I lived up in uh, when I lived in Northern Virginia, we had to drive down to Richmond. It was like two hours, so you go down to Richmond for this crazy event, and then you tired and you sweaty and everything. Now you driving back, and it's like you don't want to listen to crump music no more. I remember one time it was me, Rec, Judge, and uh, I think it, I want to say it was our. And mm -hmm. um, like yeah, I think it was all of us were driving back, and like we was listening to like Marvin Gaye and like <laughs> Casey and JoJo, like yeah, it was everything yeah, yeah. except man, yeah, yeah, because everybody was just ready to just chill and relax, man. But yeah, I I, I feel that man, I, I definitely feel that vibe, bro. That that's gonna be real dope, man. Yes, and sir. um, and to bring this all full circle, man, like if you if you had the opportunity to like to send a message to everybody in the world, like it just it would go across everybody's screen, just one time. Like, what would that message be if you just could get out one little blurb to the world? I would say um, the one message I want to send out to the world is, is um, make make love the standard for everything that you're doing. You feel me? Like, um and there's and i mean it's it's hard to kind of sum it up in one sentence but yeah the, the the love is the basic is the basis of of all things you feel me mm. um and there's different types of love there's there's different ways of and we, i think we have this misconception of always thinking that love is just one thing but m m the love that i have with my for my mother and my my father is different from the one that i have in my my intimate like 
relationship in terms of mm. romance or the love that I have for this music that I'm making or the, the love that I have with the people in my community. But at the end of the day, you need to identify those different dynamics and make that the standard for everything that you do. You feel me? Because sure. I feel like that's where that's where the best stuff comes out. Um, if you do stuff out of pride, if you do stuff out of ego, if you do stuff out of, of frustration of rage or, or rage or whatever, it's, 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 it never really leads to anything good in the long run. You feel me? So, yeah. uh, that, that would be my ultimate standard and the ultimate value. And, um, yeah, just, just, um, uh, that, that would be my thing. Hey, respect, man. Yeah, respect. Yeah, shout, yeah. Shout out to you, man. For shout out to to men. You know, what I'm saying pushing the agenda of putting love into the world, man. I don't feel like that's honestly pressed enough as men. You know, what I'm saying putting that out there for whatever reason. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions on what that can. Yeah, like. yeah, man. And and and, it's, and there's even a misconception, and 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 even the same misconception that people have when they see us dance, when they see us crump. As mm -hmm. as men, you know, we are expressing like our masculinity and our and our and our, our our energy through this dance, but it doesn't have any. Sometimes, and most of the time, it has nothing to do with anger. It has nothing to do with violence. It's everything has to do with passion and love and fellowship. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. this is why Crump Crump is so powerful because that's the foundation of of it. You know, and I I think that that same that same thing that we want to to channel through the dance we need to channel it through anything else we do you feel me yes, and, sir. Uh, yeah that, that's that's really what i would send out to the world hey i appreciate that man i definitely appreciate it and i appreciate you for this interview man and before we wrap it up go ahead and plug yourself in let everybody know where they can find you where they can listen to your music watch your videos yes sir uh so seven star that's number seven s-t-a-double-r Check out my YouTube channel if you want to peep all of my latest music videos. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. And I'm going to have also a podcast that I'm bringing back. It's called The Vision Talk. The Vision Podcast is, is, is something that I'm bringing back in the next couple of weeks. So okay. you make sure to subscribe to my channel. And if you type 7 Star on any streaming platforms, you're going to find my music. You're going to find my album, Diff Diff. I'm going to be dropping a lot of freestyles and 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 just little singles in the meantime before I drop the Cold War. Um, so I, I encourage y'all to hit me up on social media. Also, it's seven star underscore VZN, VZN, and the VZN stands for vision. So if you hit me up on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, IG, you're going to find me there. And if it's too complicated, just go to sevenstar.com sevenstar.com and you'll be able to find all of my info on there respect man hey like i said i appreciate you coming on to the show everybody that has tapped in listening i appreciate you this is clue the motherfucking down with another episode country fan mail podcast we out of here yeah strictly for my ill ones strictly for my ill ones welcome to paris Welcome to Paris, time to get live a business, so live, hands up, ready for the live business, it's time to bring the noise, see Paris.